Well, hi, everybody. It's Kim Winter speaking from Logistics Executive Group. Thanks for joining us today. Um, today, I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, internationally renowned author, coach, and speaker, um, who's got a very interesting history and has published uh, a series of, of extremely popular books. So uh, really pleased to have Nigel Cumberland uh, in with us today from the UK. Hey, Nigel. Uh, thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. And I'm, uh, I'm calling in from London, where we're having a bit of a heat wave today. So I'm a little bit hot, actually. We don't, we don't have the air cons that you have perhaps <laughs> in other places like Dubai. <laughs> so it's more than five degrees there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Hey, Nigel, I know you've got a, a busy day, as no doubt most of your days are, so uh, really pleased that you could join us today. And um, thanks for, for, you know, making yourself available to talk about uh, your book. So uh, one of many books that you've published, you seem to be on a bit of a roll, um, on the bestseller list all over the place. And the first one I wanted to talk about was 100 Things Successful People Do. So maybe, first of all, we like to hear from our guests about their upbringing, their background, where they've come from and how they got to where they are in life and uh, in the space that you're in. And then we'll talk about the book. Thanks, Kim. And actually, when I briefly talk about my life, it leads to the first book, actually, we're going to talk about so very, very nicely. So I was brought up in the UK um, after university, joined the corporate world. I was an expatriate in many different countries, Chile, Guatemala, Hungary, Germany, um, Hong Kong, China, on the finance side. And then in Hong Kong, where I lived for many years, apologies here for the sirens, the middle of, middle of London. And uh, oh, the life goes on. Coming through. <laughs> life, life goes on. <laughs> I was an expat, ended up in Hong Kong, and actually made a career switch. I, 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 I resigned from my role, and from then on have effectively been self-employed, um, running recruitment companies, successfully selling one, uh, moving into coaching, leadership training, um, lots of learning myself and training. And I began writing books, um, essentially 10 plus years ago. And 100 Things Successful People Do was written in 2016. And it really is a culmination of all the little tips and advice, all the little things which the leaders I was working with their teams either were doing in their lives or weren't doing in their lives that was having an impact on, on essentially helping them have a fulfilling life. So I'd written some more generic leadership books, but this yellow 100 things successful people do really came from this, what are the basics that we sometimes forget to do that we need reminded of, reminding of. Okay. Well, it's it's interesting, and and it's also interesting to note that you uh, had a recruitment background, and apparently you're still sane. So uh, that that's a that's something a bit. Uh, I did. I um, in 2006 with a partner of mine, we sold a business in Hong Kong, China, to Hayes. So Hayes, the UK wow. recruitment firm, entered the China market through my company, um, and that had. That was about the end of me having spent about nine years in the recruitment field, um, which was really fulfilling. And it gave me, or it helped me nurture my people skills. It helped me nurture the relationship building, helped, helped me nurture that understanding of each person's journey. And either when they're looking for a new job, they're either in pain or they're in a really good place. But that spectrum, right, of being fired, being pushed out, feeling lost. And I think that's what drew me or pushed me into coaching and then into writing my self-help books. 
Okay. Yeah, interesting. I, you know, Hayes actually tried to buy us out in 2001. So they flew me from Australia when we started the recruitment company in 1999. Uh, we've since expanded into corporate advisory, as you know. But, uh, yeah, so I spent a couple of weeks in London. I can't remember much about it. It was, it was a good time. But um, uh, we decided they weren't going to buy us and we carried on for all of our, for all of our faults. Um, talk, talk to us about this, the 100 things. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a great catchphrase. And I'm sure that's part of the reason to get people to 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 look into the book itself. Um, what what would be some of the key driving issues that you really think stand out out of the various um, pages and, and the various chapters in the book? What are the what are the real standouts when when you've had a book review where you're asked to describe about the book? What what would one or two of the big things be that come out of it? A couple of points. Number one, it really is about the basics. So it's about, for example, really weird things you might think, like forgive your parents for your upbringing. You know, stop holding on to this stuff in your head. Get lots of sleep. Get out in nature. Forgive people. Have the courage to say yes and no when you need to say yes and no. Um, discover what drives you. But underlying all this wouldn't surprise you to hear, Kim. It's about self-awareness. It's about sort of take. It's about pausing, picking up the book, and then literally just leafing through it and, and discovering, well, what maybe do I need to give more thought to? You know, is it seeking simplicity? Is it, you know, embracing technology well? Uh, is it connecting with something bigger than yourself? And I realized when I wrote the book, there's no one-stop shop. There isn't sort of five things we all need to do. It really is a broad range of things, which each of us need to kind of step into and think, well, hmm, at this moment in my life, this week, what should I focus on? Yeah. And I've had a look at a bit of the content myself. And, and I guess one of the attractive things about the book to me, just being as busy as everybody else, is that it's it's a little bit like a menu card. If you're thinking about something in particular that you want to get a nuance on or you want to get some inspiration on or you want to get some, some, some workshopping on, you go to that section, you've got some hot points in there, you've got some things to remember to try out and, and to work with. Um, and, and I guess you, part of your coaching um, uh, expertise and coaching business as well, you use that uh, to deliver on, on coaching and speeches as well. I do, actually. I mean, I don't ask people to read the book, but I certainly um, I find the book a useful reference point. And actually, as I've continued coaching in the last five years since the first edition came out, there's now a new edition that came out this year, and it includes the 10 things people never do, which are broader, like never stop growing, never lose faith, never blindly jump, never waste, never lose sight, never stop being you, etc. So I found a way of perhaps reframing some of the hundred Sure. into 10 as a fresh way, as a as a different way of communicating to people. Because I think a lot of the messages in, in self-help books from the individual self-development through to leadership self-development are quite generic, right? Yes. It's about fulfillment, being your true self, being being the best you can be with your with people, with situations, etc. But it's how you craft it. And so hopefully I'm I seem to have um my book, what's the word, kind of caught the zeitgeist. It's become very popular in 27 languages. And I think it's the simplicity in wow. breaking the points down into meaningful advice. Okay. And, and is that the same distributor for the 27 languages or you sign deals? No. Um, my publisher, Hachette, one of the big publishers in the world, number two, 
they have a team, a rights team, who typically in book fairs, foreign publishers see the book and they buy the rights for their country. Yep. So it's it's different book publishers who've bought the rights. So in, be it in Japan, Russia, Korea, Brazil, coming out in Arabic, actually, um, um, a Lebanese publisher is bringing out 100 Things Successful Leaders Do, and an Egyptian publisher will be bringing out the leaders' book, which I know I'm speaking about in a later podcast. Yeah, and, and you've got it in Arabic, obviously. Yeah. 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 It's done. Uh, yeah. Many languages. Hindi is coming out soon as well. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, I guess what we're learning, you know, a lot of logistics and supply chain people in our audience around the world. So I guess we're learning to understand the logistics of publishing, which is to many, including myself, has been a complete mystery as to how you even break in. If you're good enough to actually write something that people want to even listen to or read, and then the mechanics and the logistics of the commercials behind that. Does that ever detract from your creative when you're having to deal with the business? Um, or you've got a business manager. Well, um, I don't. I don't actually. What happened was I was fortunate to connect with Hachette, which has a lot of sub brands like Hodder and Stoughton in London. I wasn't in London, but being from the UK, I connected with them and began writing other books, like for example, Leading Teams in a Week, a sort of small guide. And what happens is, once you're with a publisher, they do all the work. It's their job to distribute the book in English globally, and to find foreign publishers to translate. And so my advice would be to any of your any of your listeners and colleagues would be in your core country. So whether it's your home country or whether it's the country you're working in, um, ideally a kind of Australia, Singapore, um, maybe UAE, US, UK type of developed country. Find a publisher there in, in your language, which I assume would be English for most people, and, and write your first book. You know, and the nice thing is if your book's worth publishing. In theory, the publisher is the best filter for that. So we're full of ideas on books. If you want to know if your book is worth it in terms of is there a market, will it sell, approach, approach publishers and be okay when they say no. We know J.K. Rowling with the Harry Potter books approached dozens of publishers before one said yes. Um, and that's the same with even with a much smaller author like myself. Yeah. Well, that, that's an incredible segue because the next thing I was about to ask you was was talk to us about those logistics issues around publishing. You've just walked straight into that. And that's hopefully that's going to be interesting to, to our, our viewers and listeners because, you know, it's, there's a lot of fantastic work comes out in the world that we live in and logistics and supply chain and, and leadership and business that uh, just doesn't get out there. And, uh, of course, we've got TikTok these days. Uh, we've got LinkedIn. We've got so many more online channels. But it's brilliant to hear uh, that, you know, books, uh, the, art of, the art of writing books and getting physical books out there. I mean, everybody's uh, yeah, really enjoys having a bookshelf that they can just go and pick up books and, and leave it. Oh, I agree. Hey, uh, and I and I, yeah, go on. go on, please move on, yeah. yeah. No, 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 I finished, go on. Okay, well, I was going to say to wrap up, um, and, and we will be talking to you again shortly because you've got another amazing book about 100 Things That Successful Leaders Do uh, on another show. But uh, for today, pick out five, maybe four or five chapters, uh, titles within the book that you think will, will trigger people's interest um, from a business perspective. Even though this is 100 things successful people do, what would be five things? That um, and the book was written for leaders, you see. Um, yeah. leave, your comfort, leave your comfort zone. That's one of the 100, which, which connects to live with an open mind. Right. Um, 
And I think another one was embrace the journey of getting older. So becoming wiser, realizing as you as you rise and grow older as a leader, you aren't the same person you used to be. You have to let go, make space, you know, let others have the have the glory, let your team kind of lead. Um, and remember that you're more than your nine to five. If you haven't already, and I know many leaders are pretty good about having balanced lives, but I've coached so many that haven't, that have been through three divorces, don't quite have a good relationship with their kids, have health issues. So I think that's important just to kind of remember there's, there's more to life than work. And um, yeah, another one I just randomly opened the book, actually. Give credit where it's due. Yeah. And... Um, and reinvent yourself. I think that's the last one to talk about is be ready to reinvent yourself, ready to allow the different technologies, the way your businesses are changing, allow you to change your skill set, um, your involvements, your business, because nothing seems to stay the same, particularly in supply chain. Well, 100%. And in, in, in these times during the pandemics, so although I see on BBC this week, that uh, you guys are opening right the way up, right across the board. So fantastic job in the UK. Most of the countries in the UK are opening all the way up. So there's got to be a real lift in in, uh, in the happiness level and score <laughs> across the UK uh, currently. But uh, I think during these times, people have got maybe more time to sit and contemplate and to look about self-development and self-help, as you say. that We've seen most of these really top-end self-help books, including yourself and that genre have been spiking in sales. So we obviously have got here recorded below um, the uh, the link where people can go to acquire the book and uh, find out more about you. Um, from my perspective, I really appreciate you making the time today, Nigel. Um, literary legend that you are and taking time for little old us. I hope that our audience has gained some insights and um, we look forward to talking to you again about the next book that we're going to review. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Nigel Cumberland, uh, literary legend, uh, author, speaker and coach. Thanks for coming.